Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the program. My special guest tonight is Bernardo Taylor. He's a poet, a spoken word artist, and a songwriter. Now, in my opinion, he's a quintessential artist. Welcome, Bernardo. Thank you, Michael. Yes, welcome to the program. All right. Let's Yes, let's begin this poetic journey, my friend. What I want to know is, what is poetry? Well, Michael, that's a, that's a difficult question to answer because poetry is not just one thing. Poetry is many things to me, and it meant many things as I moved through life. Um, when we were talking before, I told you I've been writing poetry for almost two-thirds of my life. So if I divided my life into thirds, um, age one through 22, I was a shy guy, shy kid trying to understand what the world was like. And poetry was then like a journal for me, like a diary where I write things, you know, in a way that helped me articulate myself, things I couldn't say because I lived in the projects, man. I can't go out to the basketball court and tell the guys I feel vulnerable today. Um, I feel insecure. I I wouldn't survive, man. So that's what poetry Mm -hmm. was. And then as I I grew into my second stage, that's my work life, um, working from and, and also in the military. So poetry also became not only that, but then I stretched out a little bit and did some writing uh, for some military magazine and for some friends. When they had a girlfriend, they wanted to write a poem for her. I was the guy. All right. And this last third, you know, I'm still, uh, I'm still working. And uh, my poetry, uh, because I work for the Verizon, um, I, I'm, I'm a strong union member. So my poetry mm-hmm. takes on a social stance. And it, all over in between, man, all the things I've been seeing in life, everything I've encountered, poetry has found a way to be a part of that. Very nice. Very nice. So why is poetry important based on all that you've experienced? Why is it important? Uh, it's important, Mike, because it um, it's a way of capitalizing everything I've experienced in life. You know, I've written poems about heartbreak, uh, poems about um, my, my, my drug use, my drug addiction. I've written about social justice. I've written poems about love. I've written poems about children. I've written my own holiday gift cards. I write about the seasons. So poetry for me, man, captures my life. And, and, and mm-hmm. I have a that says that life is a musical and there's a song for every occasion. And if there isn't, then I should write it. So all I, if you think about poetry again, people utilizing poetry, why do you think it would be important to them? Because, again, uh, it is something that, that capsulizes things. You know, you can say things mm-hmm. uh, in poetry that you can say in 12 lines. You can say it in five. Mm-hmm. Right, know. right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, very nice. Please share a poem. A poem. Okay, I will go back to when I was 13, and 
uh, maybe 17, of the poem that really made me feel like uh, I had really done something wonderful. It's called Beauty. Beauty, I have longed to behold you. I have longed to unfold you from the abyss of my mind, to form your shape, to shape your form, to mold your gently balanced lines, your truth and reason evident, your measurements precise. You might touch all humanity, each mind you would entice. Ah, elusive beauty, if there could only be a way for me to show them all this beauty that I see. In poem. Wow. I like to allow poems to settle in. Okay. Take a little minute. Bernardo, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Well, I mean, I like to read um Hickory Dickory Dock and, and, and Little Brothers Grimm's poems was as a kid to occupy my mind and, and those told stories that helped my imagination. Uh, I also liked Dr. Seuss because he was crazy with, with the words he would make up, but there would be there would be a story there inside those words. But what really mm-hmm. affected me, Mike, was the fact that I could listen to a song by Smokey Robinson and it would say everything I needed to say about love to this girl that I liked. In three minutes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it actually was songwriting that, that, that really showed me the power of what poetry could do. Right. You know, based on what I know of you, hearing your work before, there's a lot of emotion involved. So what I'd like to know is, do you think someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? That's interesting because... I think there are people who go to school for poetry. They go to classes. They they graduate with degrees. They get um, these certificates and these accolades because they've written a certain thing a certain way, and, and, and they follow all the technical rules, and, and, and they call themselves poets. And who am I to say that you're not? So I would say, yes, you can. Um, however, for me... I can do all of those things, but those things are not where my poetry flows from. All right. So I understand. I understand. Now, when you think about a poem, does it begin for you with an idea, a form, or an image? For me, it's the love of the word. Um, and what happens is a word will come to me out of the blue. And I'm just be minding my business and, uh, Walking about having my having my day. It's like that this morning I was doing um, some housework, and this idea came to me saying, "Pleasing, my voice is pleasing, and it's pleading for words to arise beyond the reading. I inject tones that lead onwards beyond the mind to the heart, where with an aided to understanding, feelings are imparted. So it's like that's what happens. I just <laughs> things come, and then the flow happens, and I just have to sit down and write it." All right, all right, all right. Please share another poem. Okay. Uh, let's go with um, To Bridge Over Trouble. Uh, so, well, no, you know what? Let me do this one because this is uh, an important poem, and I said I was going to do this first, but I forgot. Uh, this poem is called Four Words Forward. Love. Vote. If we could eradicate apathy dramatically, 
we could take back democracy emphatically. We could play a part in starting to reduce the tragedies. To vote is more than hope. It is strategy. Love could decrease the numbers of people left behind or hurt. It is not done magically, but by us doing the work. Four words of note to quote. Work, hope, love. Mm-hmm. All right. What is the what is the purpose of that piece? That piece was written, Mike, as it says in the in the um the second line, first second line to eradicate apathy. People need to okay. stop feeling sorry and feeling like, oh, it's not moving fast enough and no they're not doing everything I want them to do. And th- mm-hmm. things are being done. And and no it's not yes. as fast as I want it to be done either. But we can't quit, we can't give up, and we can't let other people tell us, Oh, just give up. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So mm-hmm. true. Now, a poem means a lot of different things. We all know that. Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? I, don't mean uh, I would not say it hurts me. I will say that I have been hurt in written poetry uh, because mm-hmm. it soothes me. It, it gets me. It gets it outside of my body, outside of my mind, outside of my my consciousness where I'm constantly feeling sorry for feeling, feeling bad about what happened to me or what did not happen for me. And when I write it and I can't believe it. All right. I'd like you, if you can, to tell me about a poem that you're very proud of, but were afraid to share it due to fear of misinterpretation. Wow. Ooh, which one would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It's okay, man. <laughs> I, right, I know you can do it. <laughs> I think it will be a poet I, I did called Parrots, Lizards, and Lies. And, and, and that mm-hmm. was that one. But the, the one that really messed me up one time, Mike, my, um, mm-hmm. it's when I was trying out uh, um, slam poetry. And All right. I, had did, I did one of my, my, my powerful pieces, Listen. And I was following up with a piece, and uh, what came to me to do was a piece called Feed My Sheep, a piece that God had given me to give me some direction. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, I'm in, a, I'm in a slam place, man. I need to write something, you know, striking, startling. I don't know what to But yeah, the spirit came to me and said, you need to commit this piece to memory. You need to learn it, so you need to do it now. And I did it. Mm. And oh. I, got, I got tens over there and a ten over there. And somebody gave me a six. Brought my squirrel all the way down, man. And I was messed up. And uh, <laughs> I walked out of that place and, man, God, I want to win, man. Why did you, why did it? And God said to me, when I gave you the gift of right, it wasn't so you could be like Mike. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I smiled at this, at this snap back at me like, okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Now, do you feel comfortable reading that poem tonight? Um, feed my sheep. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure, man. Uh, Thank you. As I, as, I, as I turn to it, I want to let you know that um, even though it did not get me that um, that, that, that that ten and that championship I won, I ended mm-hmm. up reading that poet one evening when I was sitting around at Grandma Slam's house with uh, mm-hmm. Lady Di and Sister Joy, and uh, we were eating cornbread and, and, and having soup. <laughs> Um, turkey soup, that was so, oh man 
it was a beautiful thing. And uh, I read Feed My Chief. And, and they both looked at me because they were already, you know, big time poets with collective voices. You know, they traveled across the whole, all the ocean and went to London and everything. And, you know, I, I was impressed with them. And I, I didn't know. Right. And when I did Feed My Sheep, that's when Sister Joy asked me if I would join the Anointed Pants. And, uh, wow. So, you know, just, just being obedient, Mike, you know, and, and learning mm-hmm. the peace and mm-hmm. the peace and God, God knows what he's doing. Um, in my head, God right. said, feed my sheep. And I thought to myself, but that can't be for me. See, I have never been anything like a shepherd before. I was not a child raised on a farm. My chores consisted of taking out the trash, washing the dishes, and sweeping down the steps. I got no concept of what it's like to get up in the middle of the night. You know, before the sky get light and tend to livestock? No, not me. But God repeated, feed my sheep. So I keep on writing. I keep reciting. I keep going to readings because I know that's what he meant when he said they needed feeding. See, my people perish for lack of vision. And many make such poor decisions. And every day there is more division because they are not fed my word. They are not exposed to my thoughts. And I have caught you, Bernardo. I have caught you in the midst of slipping. I have brought you forth from the harshest of conditions. I've given you everything you need to complete this mission. You are prepared to share truth you can never tell so well had you not fell into the traps between the cracks. But I kept my word and I brought you back. Now, when you're calling, you reach those who've also fallen. Just share with them the gifts I blessed you with, the rhythm, the melody, the rhyme. The rest of the work is mine, all mine. And if you love me, if you trust me, you only have one choice, but to feed my sheep. And my sheep will know my voice. In poem. Wow. That needs applause. You know that, don't you? <laughs> you know that, don't you? Uh, <laughs> it needs applause, man. But, but I got a six, Mike. <laughs> you didn't get a six to the people that heard it. Okay. Whoever it was that gave you a six, they could have been going through something that night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> something that you said yeah. could have triggered something in them that they didn't want to talk about. They didn't want to, want to feel. But you right. brought it out, and they had to take it out on you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So saying, don't worry about that six, man. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Well, I now, had a friend tell me the same thing, man. He told me that he said, uh, he reminded me, darkness cannot comprehend light. And I looked at him like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. All right. Thank you, brother. <laughs> so I, I, will take the, I will take the confirmation as well, my friend. Thank you. All right. You know, as you think about poetry, has a poem that you've written ever frightened or humbled you? Yes, I have definitely been humbled by poetry. Um, sometimes I, I hear a poem in my head, man, starting to take shape. And um, while I'm listening to it take shape, I'm standing back looking at my, like I'm looking at me uh, outside my body going, whoa, that's that's heavy. You ready right there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, so that's what definitely yes, my friend. Do you have one that would be an illustration of that? 
Uh, yes, sir, I do. Uh, I have it. All right. You are ready. <laughs> I can't right. trip you up. All right. <laughs> All right. I said. <laughs> well, if you're trying to trip me, bro, remember, I cannot name that, that tune in two, in two, in two lines. Right? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not trying to. All right. Me. Illumination, the word. Now, if you can imagine, Mike, I was standing in a room, and in my even though the sun was 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 in the sky, the window was open, it was light. It felt like I was in darkness because I couldn't see. All I saw was these images in my mind, almost like a cartoon. Uh, one of those graphic novels was taking place, right? Mm-hmm. And it started with, um, actually, it started listening to a song by Sting, and um, I could hear the melody coming in, and it was. It, and it was uh of the universe it was God who had first sight and he said let there be light and ignorance parted and fear startled turned and ran full throttle into the caves 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 were desolated and depraved it contemplated schemed plotted plan how he might enslave woman and man trick them bring them to the dark side feed them things like greed like envy like lust like hate like vanity like pride hide the truth disguise pain as pleasure that they might never realize the lies without the light provided by the sun and it has yet begun in the meantime the world was still being formed The word was being born into the hearts of men and women to come, descending unto Eden and Yemen and Egypt and Mali, Athens, Thailand, Baghdad, Somalia, Sudan. You have to understand the world was still being formed. The very earth began to tremble as the mental images in God's mind took shape. From the watery terrain, this thing named land began to break. And the land, too, knew no peace in its increase as it buckled and rumbled and crumbled and swelled and opened its mouth and spewed forth fire, unable to contain the desire of the word to be heard, the desire of the word in its surge, and the desire of the word occurred. And thus came forth poets, flashing like fireflies against darkened skies running down from mountains like fountains of light, bursting forth north, south, east, west, cresting on the wind, sparks of light descending, flickering in their trickling down, reds and yellows and oranges bright, 
greens and blues and millions of hues from violet to gold. And God did behold his work. And God said, that is good. And his child, word, smiled and rejoiced in the voices of the 10 million chosen to carry the spoken. Because knowing the time of darkness would return, he placed inside their hearts a yearning, an ever-churning source of energy, a force to remedy despair. That in the times of gloom, his people's faith, their hope, their love would not be consumed. They would be made aware there in the midst of the wilderness, the testimony of the love, the truth, the light, the way, the word. Wow. That was epic. <laughs> epic. And it came with epic work. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Uh, it came with pictures, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it did. I, We're I gonna take a brief break. I saw the eruptions and all that stuff. Like, whoa, man! <laughs> We're holding it to after we take this brief break. <laughs> I want to hear everything. All right. All right we'll be man. right back, good people. salad 
<laughs> Lady Di and I were sitting there talking about um, let's create a whole brand new poem. Let's don't do the same poem. Let's do something new. And so we talked about it, and, and we finally got to where we each was going to go separately and write a poem, but we could all come back to Voices Bridge. And when we did it, it was so amazing that even writing in isolation, all of our poems sound like they fit together, like we did in the wow. same room. So mm-hmm. uh, we were supposed to go up to um, a club in Washington, D.C., up at the Writer's Center, and then they, they, they heard of us, heard about us and invited us up. And I wanted to present them with a copy of the latest poem, which was Sankofa Voices Bridge, uh, so that they would have something to remember us by when we left. So no longer are we just word of mouth or someone in memory. Now I've got it on hard copy. Please share another poem. Sure. Um, is there any... Okay, I think it, I'll, I'll go right to that. I'll go right to the same Voices Bridge piece. A choice we make. What sound to break the quiet? In a multicultural household, which language to reply with, to communicate, appreciate, explore? This mystery of history, of culture, to choose the views of eagles, doves, or vultures. How do I find Sankofa, that mystical winged creature who will carry me over the Atlantic Ocean, on a magical, majestic journey, maybe turn back the hands of time so I will arrive to see, feel, taste, hear, smell, the essence of the place my ancestors did once dwell. How do I cross this great divide beyond the fear, the doubt, the anguish, a heart to part the language? A boat, a plane, a bird, a word to link my soul to heritage, voice as bridge. Bonjour, Akulele, Ibom Ever, Abaragani, how was your family? Grazie, Pile, Auto, Ek, Bif, Olorun, Bukun, Funo, Absalam Alekum. Take none of this for granted. They speak 2,000 different languages on the continent of Africa, but my DNA says I am from. But so much information has been lost along the way. How do I find my way home? Or at least the home of my great, 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 great grands, but do their lives even matter? After all, I understand home is where I am, where I stand, feel pray. How do I use voice and bridge to commune, communicate, to bias, privilege, hate? What words can I say when videos and body cams make their viewpoint shams? What is it I can say and if I can't make it okay, how do I find that Ofa, the mystical winged creature to carry me over to where I am safe? To drive while black and have no fear, nor apprehension of what moves I make, or even in these states of grief, to still find peace, asking God to lead the way to where I may learn how to forgive, 
prayers sent to where he lives using my voice as bridge. Wow, my friend. That's all I can say is wow. Thank you. You are an artist, spoken word artist, poet. So what I wonder is what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? That's a hard one, man. I, I don't know what there is. I think that in my mind, I hear it as I'm writing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I, uh, sometimes I just got to get it down. And it, when I speak it again, it doesn't come out the same. So I think it will probably be a thing of practice, of, of um, mm-hmm. experience, taught me mm-hmm. when to raise my voice and when to lower it. And watching other people. I mean, I watched uh, a brother sent me one another day, Daniel Beatty. I forgot about Daniel. Daniel, my God. Um, awesome cat. You know, and even rappers, mm-hmm. man, I like, I like most deaf, man. You know, it's, it's, it's about the conversation. It's about the inflections. And, 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 and these are things that you can pick up on if you're paying attention. But you got to mm-hmm. learn how to make it work for you. Right. So the inflection in your voice the tone, the mood, all of those things come into play in terms of you being able to bridge your speaking voice and your written voice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And, and the poem I was talking about that came to me this morning, that's a perfect example, mm-hmm. because the poem says, I inject tones that lead onwards beyond the mind to the heart. See, the, the, the mind can look at the words on paper and see it and recognize mm-hmm. what it is. And if it understands that language, it can, okay, that's what it means. But to get to the heart, you got to bring some other stuff, man. Yes. Now, have you shared any poems from your chapbook since you've been here? I just shared. Uh, <laughs> I just shared Bridge Over Trouble. I mean, I'm trying to. All right, all right. All right. Well, thank you. What I want to know is, with your book, your chapbook, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about yourself writing that book? I learned that I had to trust myself uh, to decide which poems would go into the book because I was always kind of like, well, do you like this? And, hey, do you like that? And, I mean, I wasn't always, always, but I wanted wanted it to be perfect. I wanted it to be great. And so I would ask other people's opinions. And other people have their own favorites of poems that I do. So they gave me some input. But Mm -hmm. in the end, it was up to me to make sure that I – um, put together a book that touched every piece of, of my style, from political to love to spiritual. Uh, I even have a veterans poem in here. And I have wow. one that was dedicated to, um, to Barack Obama that I had read years ago. And mm-hmm. he touched a student that was in Russia. And she was like, I need, I need a copy. And I said, I can't give you that. I just wrote that. I wrote that. <laughs> All right. You know, as I shared with you earlier, we do have some callers, and I'd like to bring them on if you don't mind. Is that okay? Oh, sure. Sure. All right. We give this first person. The area code is 240. The first three numbers are 353. You're on the air with Bernardo. Good evening. Hello? Good evening, Jim. Hello. Hello. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hi there, my favorite gents there, my poet. 
my I'm friend. so much fun. I'm <laughs> having so much fun. Um, listen, I'll let you talk. No, I'm listening to you. Uh, I'm, I'm doing what you told me to do. You said have fun, and that's what I'm doing. That's right. I did but I like what was said. I'm not sure which one you said it a minute ago. Paying attention. That's a lot. That's how you. That's how you um, grab hold to what's being presenting, being presented to you. That's right. how you learn. Right. Paying attention. So I like that. I made a note of that. And another thing I just got. That I'm doing a chat book, and Bernardo knows. Both of you know that. And um, I didn't have my form that I dedicated that I wrote for President Barack Obama. And I'm going to definitely get that form in, into my Word document for my book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's entitled Welcome <laughs> to Love. Yeah. Lady <laughs> Do you have a question for Bernardo? All right. Ooh, question for Bernardo. Bernardo, <laughs> I'm going to make it pretty easy. I'm going to make it easy for you. Do you have my favorite poem there to do tonight? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I, I for the surprise. No, not really. I mean, I may not have done it. It depends on how, how the flow went. But um, I do remember the package. You know how much I write, so I just got so much fun. I look, I, I look forward to um, I look to that. Well, and since, and, you, um, since you're asking, I will assume that is a request. <laughs> That's a, it's a request. And I, I want right. to thank you both for uh, taking the time to come together to present these uh, the, all of the knowledge in a poetic mm-hmm. fashion in a yes, live, incredible program. Fun way. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So kindly. Thank you, Lady Di. She's another quintessential poet. All yes, right, all right, all right, all right. There's one more person here. Let's see. Just bring this person on. Good evening. Your area code is five seven one, and the first three numbers are two eight nine. You're on the air with Bernardo. Hello. Do you want to say anything? Okay. Then <laughs> you want to listen. That's fine. Okay. Bernardo, my friend. So much is happening in the world. So much is happening, man. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. What do you view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? To speak to the word. For me, my word is hope. My word is love. My word is truth. There's so many lies going on in the world, man, and, and it's, it's not new. I mean, this, this is a, according to my understanding, this has occurred ever since Satan came out of the dark. Mm-hmm. There's lies in the world and lies in the world. But this right now, in this time I'm living, man, this is like one of the times that I'm seeing so much, so many lies, so much distortion that's coming mm-hmm. that's 
that's destroying us mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, causing us to attack one another. You know, like the, like the Feed My Sheep says, my people are, are every day my people are facing more division. And um, I remember someone told me once that uh, when I when I first did feed my sheep, they told me, well, you know, a sheep is a dumb animal. Mm. So, yeah, a sheep will walk to the edge of a cliff and walk, and the other sheep will walk right behind it because they just follow each other. So, therefore, when you are being given the task of being a shepherd, you have a lot of responsibility to lead them. You know. And I said, wow, okay. So um, that's what I try to do with my poetry. And, I, and what All I right. mean when I say that is that I can't keep, I can't keep coming to the, to the mic and give you heart, hearts and rainbows and butterflies because mm-hmm. you won't survive in a world like that. I need no, to take some truths that are so heavy. Yes that, you know, you're going to feel the weight of it. and But I'm also going to give you a way out. I'm going to tell you what I see as a solution, as a way to get out of that. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? Yes. Tell me more. Um, prior to getting the poem Feed My Sheep, I was going through a lot in life. I was in a situation where my, my a long-term relationship was ending um, and I was having migraine headaches and Verizon was on strike and I'm trying to figure out how to make rent, make, make the rent. And, got, and I was sitting there feeling all this anxiety, man. And that's what brought on the, the, the migraines uh, to the point where it almost blinded me. I couldn't see the lights and the stars and everything. And, and, and it was heavy. And then God told me, he says, I got you. I'm going to bring you through this. And you just need, you, I've brought you through things before, and I'm going to bring you through this. Even though you can't see your way out, I got you. You're going to do this. He says, I need you to feed my sheep. And I'm like, well, what do I do? He said, well, you're gonna, you got poems that are tucked away in drawers and, and in books that you haven't opened in, in, in years. And you need to take that stuff out and give it to people. I'm like, well, what happens if they, that they take my words? He says, they can't take away from you everything I'm capable of giving to you. I have cattle on a thousand hills. Son, which one you want? Besides that, they ain't your words anyway. They mine. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So we're going we're gonna to do feed my sheep. And um, another incident after that, I had gone in for a job interview, and I, I told this person uh, how valuable I thought I was. You know, hey, I got a... I got an associate's degree in management. I got a bachelor's degree in information systems. I worked in this department, this department, this department, this department, and this department for the organization. I am now a trainer for the organization, which means I read the documentation before the testers get it, and then I write training to this. So I have a lot of skills. I was in the Navy, you know, and and look, you know, I, I ran the offices when I was in the Navy. I ran two offices. So yeah, I got some skills I could I could make a company better with, and you could help me uh, realize my potential. And she said, I have nothing for you. Just keep working tickets. Wow. And, I, I, and my heart, man, just like fell, man. Like, what? And I walked away from that and feeling real bad. And the next day, God woke me up and he said, already made you a poet. Why would I make you just another supervisor? Turn my world around. Wow. Like. wow, man. Wow. What surprises you about being a poet? 
I would say the poems that come to me surprise me. Like I said, they come out of the blue. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I think the second thing that's happening, man, is that along the way over the years, I have made some tremendous acquaintances and some friendships um, with other poets that see that have insight um, that matches what I see, and that's been mm-hmm. very comforting. Um, but right now, what's surprising me is like right here with you tonight. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, invited to uh, submit a interview have an interview with an online magazine, uh, Sailor's Review, coming out of Zimbabwe. And I had read it before and some good some good work in there, you know. And I was invited to interview for it. And then right after that, I talked to you and I came on to this. So it's like I see God preparing ways for me because I'm getting ready to retire in a year and a half. And I see him already keeping all his promises to me to say that, you know, the doors will be open when it's time, but you need to be obedient to write. Uh, you need to be obedient to the word. When the word comes and asks that, that you take part in the creation, take part in the creation. Nice, man. Nice. You know, all great writers and performers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours and what makes them great in your eyes? Um, Langston Hughes, man, that's my guy. Um, I didn't realize. I mean, I remember. I remember as a as a, as a teenager, I heard "Mother to Son," and that was a powerful poem. And uh, and then to, to hear "Raising in the Sun" was like, wow, that's another one, man. That dude, that dude's saying something. And then as I looked further into who he was, um, I realized the time that he was coming along and 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 his hardships and the whole idea that the whole franchise bus boys and poets is named after him because that's where he was uh, a bus boy working in a, in a, in a um, restaurant and trying to talk to one of the, the, the staff writers for the, for the New York times, whoever it was to, to get them to read his work, to get him published. And he's just chasing his dream, man. And, and brother was discovered. And, and the biggest thing for me was him uh, when I, I read, saw somebody had a T-shirt that said something about America never was America to me, and I was like, Mike Hughes, he's a radical. <laughs> Whoa, you know. And then um, I went and read the whole poem. My Lord, if you have not read that poem, uh, Langston Hughes, America, you need to read that poem. That is a powerful mm-hmm. poem, and that's everything that we're dealing with today. Everything, everyone, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, male, female. It speaks to all of us, and but I I, I I like him believe in the idea of America, what America could be if they would just follow the ideal of America, you know. And and the other guy, oh my God, Gil Scott Haran, woo! When Gil came out, man, H two O Water Gate Blues, and he calling names. <laughs> I said, Joe, they listening to you, man. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, bold brother, man, and but he touched on other things, man. He got a song, Mike, called "Peace Go With You, Brother," man. That is so beautiful that when, I think if the, the Bloods and the Crips would just listen to these words and let them marinate into their bones, man, 
you know, mm-hmm. peace go with you, brother. You know, sometimes I wish, you know, you're my brother, you're my cousin, you're my father, you're my son. But sometimes, sometimes I wish you were none. But still, mm-hmm. I manage to smile. And I say, mm-hmm. peace go with you, brother. Mm-hmm. Change the world with that, Mike. Yes. Change I understand. Wow. Please said, nope. What I want to do now, this is my favorite part of the program. Okay. I call it a poetry concert <laughs> where you <laughs> share three works, three works, uninterrupted, no questions from me, three works back to back. Can you do that for me? I can do that. All right. All right. Here we go. The first poem, Ethos. Let the ethos ghost the urgent of my disturbance and let me be still filled in thy will. Sheltered in a way of wonder, peaceful in the thunder, faithful to the rest. Aid me in forgiveness. Let my only stress be the remembrance of your deliverance that you are in control. It's your purpose that unfolds even from this place that is my soul. Let me know. Let me flow. Let him go. Let the ethos post me notes of comfort in my spirit. Where there's beauty, let me hear it. Sing it. Bring it. Fling it into space that it might bless another just as sure as I was graced. Let me not waste another minute in the emptiness of hate. Closely watch my aperture. Dose me steep in faith. Clothe me in omniscience, how you make no mistakes. Coast me through the turbulence. Roast away my fears. Most of all, enthrall me in your love. Always keep me near. Let me flow. Let me grow. Letting go. Next poem. My voice. I can't flow like you flow, go like you go, blow like you blow. See, my instrument is tuned in B. To or not to, what have I got to lose by choosing to play the riffs of bliss that exist in the midst of the gift I was blessed with? I was born to blow my own horn. So stop chasing the cows and the corn and come back, baby, come back. Because even a humpback whale has got a tail and a place to swim in the space that he's in. One, two, three, four, five, six, ten. Stop wasting your time taking my rhymes apart. They work better when you take them to heart. Check out the logic the project is kicking and chart the progress from the very start. Can't put the cart before the horse. It took some time, but now I find that this is my voice. 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 My voice is the voice that launched a thousand quips, quotes, anecdotes from other people's lips. But the ego trip, I don't have time to. I was sent down here to remind you that God is in charge of the universe. And these are his words for the better or for the worse. 
When the people don't feel me, yes, my feelings are hurt, but I would rather it be said he was a blessing instead of a curse. If I can keep the next one's son from a hearse and just give him more time, then as far as rewards are concerned, then I got mine. To beg a few, two or three for a dime, that was not the purpose when I was given the rhyme. And I must be true to why it was designed, because you know it flows best when it's rightly aligned with a power that towers above over all, a voice still and small, but when I heed his call, he teaches me to stand, to stay, and obey, to kneel, and to pray, to wait, and survey, to follow the way when I'm making my choice above everything, to sing in this key, for this is my voice. This is my voice. This is my voice. My voice. My voice. My voice. My voice. My voice. Transition from that is something I tell you. <laughs> I need your touch. You touch me and I dream. And filled me with your kiss. It always reminds me on summer nights like this. All is said in one glance when we dance. That night, when we danced, the earth stopped spinning, giving all of its momentum unto us. With what we shared, we did not dare to let it have its ending in this way. We carried dreams deemed bright and sacred, carried lovers' smiles, All the hope that crossed the oceans like a child within our sway. Spotlights all around us, but we sashayed in a dim space in between. Blue lights in the basement encased within a club inside a dream. You moved me, not the music. Drew me into grace. That sound, I only use it to keep pace to keep time inside your rhythm so no friction would ensue. And that night, that song, I belong to you and only you. You took me to a pinnacle I could not have reached alone, showing me that I was not home. How your thighs advised me when to slow down, when to stay. There was so much more to be said of the way, the way The way your body moved me, renewed me, soft and soothing, reproved me as a man, worthy and deserving of romance. That night still shines within my mind, so soft and yet so bright, when I recall that night when we danced. End poem. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Your work is resplendent. Thank you, Mike. Absolutely incredible. What I want to know is, and I don't want to give you to take a breath first, but what does poetry do for the soul? 
you think? It calms the soul. Um, Tell me more. I try to do that. I try to do it with my um, my overall goal is to bring a sense of peace um, to the urgency that's coming at us. Like the poem I just did, Ethos. Um, and, you know, it's like, like I was saying before, I, I, so for so long I've been doing poetry, man. I kept feeling like, man, this guy's got a radio show. That person's over there. That person's on the TV. That person's on all these magazines. And, and, and God's telling me, wait your turn. Wait your turn. So that's what I try to do with my poetry. And I remember I, was, I did some poetry at a, a family reunion, and one of my matriarchs was a poet. And mm-hmm. so I got her book, and I was I was I was reading her book, and I was getting it signed. And she looked at me, man. She like the first time she'd ever seen me, because you know she was distant, you know, aunt, great aunt from somewhere down here in South Carolina or something. And she looked at me, and she said, "I listen to you." She says, "You are an awesome poet. You're gonna you're gonna change some things. You're gonna do some awesome things." And I just looked at her like, "Wow, is, is, am I getting a reading here?" <laughs> you know, but. Uh, it, 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 it calmed my soul and it lets me know that as I proceed through life, nothing's going to come on a straight and, and um, um, path that, that just going forward, going forward. Sometimes there's going to be a stop and a wait. There's going to be a misstep, uh, but you have to be true to who you are. And if you're true to who you are, it's going to come. Again, like I said, your work is incredibly powerful. How important is it to you to take part in poetry readings and other live events? Um, it's important because the word needs to get out. Um, mm-hmm. The um, idea of feeding sheep, uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So they can't, if they don't hear it, then they can't be exposed. There have been times where I walk into a room, man, and, and I've not been the most popular poet. And, but there's never been a time when I came, came out of a room where not one, not at least one person came to me and says, thank you. I needed to hear what you said to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just lets me know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do with this. All right. Do you share your poems with anyone before you decide they're completely finished? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm so excited that I, I got to call Lady Di or, 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 or Diane Park or somebody and say, hey, listen what I got, you know, because I need a poet to hear it. I'm not just a person. I need a poet to, 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 who crafts this kind of thing to, to tell me. You know, and um, I may walk away and, and then do some editing work afterwards, but I at least get it down to where I they can see where I'm going and, um, and I can share that enthusiasm poem that I did recently for um, uh, Mariposa. It was a poetry writing um, seminar, a retreat. Mm-hmm. It was in Puerto Rico. And um, before I went there, I knew I would be going to some workshops. I knew there would be some a keynote speaker and some other people leading workshops. And I was determined to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay true to me. I'm the sing-song poet. I'm going to stay true to that. But I will at least mm-hmm. listen to what you have to say to look at, you know, um, uh, different ways to approach it and look at it. And what came out of that was a poem called Blackbird. And it was it blew me away because it came in one way. It came in with the idea, I'm going to stand my ground. And then it took a turn 
to say that this is who I am and this is what I do with it and I'm, I am who I'm supposed to be. Wow. Do you have that poem with you? I do not have Blackbird, man. I wish <laughs> I had have Blackbird. Uh, I, 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 like that, that was, that's what happened. What happened was I took Blackbird right. to, the, um, <laughs> to the Poets' Passage, which is a place mm-hmm. in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and it's, it's, it's exactly what it's supposed to be, the passage of a poet. This is what a poet has to go through. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome wow. venue. And I did the poem, and after I finished the poem, the guy in the front row jumped up, jumped up and clapped. I was like, whoa, 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 okay. I, said, I guess I'm on to something. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But still, I wasn't, I wasn't totally, you know, satisfied with it. And I sat down the next morning to ask the poem, can we, can we go in a different direction? Can you help me tie this together? And the poem cooperated, and, and that's the piece. That's what I'm missing. I'm missing that, that completed piece of Blackbird. All right. You know, we're almost at the end of our poetic journey, my friend. This is truly my last question to you. All right. Writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily to speak a message to their audience. Others write because to stay silent is not an option. Why do you write, Bernardo Taylor? I write because the word comes to me and tells me to write. I write because God already told me this is what I'm supposed to do. I write because I see people lost. I see people um uh, in my way to go, and like when I write my messages in my, in my poems, when I say and feed my sheep that my people are lost, they make poor decisions, then I have to write, man, to help them try to see it. And, and the last thing I want to say is that um, once upon a time I thought my poetry would change the world, and then God mm-hmm. showed me, no, that's not the case. You are the you are the sower and the seed. You're the modern day sower and seed. Your job is to just simply go out and do your word. Uh, do your poetry, and those whose hearts and minds are ready to receive, they are the ones who will bear the fruit of what they hear. Wow. Would you favor us with one more poem before we go? Just one more. Yes, sir. I'm going to do this one because it's, um, I was going to do New Nero, but I'll, I'll do that somewhere else. <laughs> um, uh, because of the message piece, this is this is the broadcast. This piece came to me during the, the the beginning phases of the pandemic when I was being overwhelmed and overwhelmed and overwhelmed and overwhelmed. And then one day it came to me that, no, somebody needs to carry a spirit of hope. And so the broadcast. Checking in. This is me. On the radio frequency of one, two, three, four, five. Still alive on a planet called Orator and the great state of hope. From the city called Elevation and the county of Elevator, here I broadcast vast concepts, connection to the spirit, trying to affect the darkness of being alone. We cannot touch, and so we think we're on our own. In this realm, I found my breakthrough. Let me take you to the mend. Elevator, elevation, hope, orator, still alive. One, two, three, four, five, the frequency. This is me checking in. Wow. What piece of advice would you give 
to those who listen to you? I would say take my poetry to heart. Mm-hmm. Listen for the message. Follow mm-hmm. the message. And you will find more peace. All right. You know, I want to ask you, what does it mean to be the sing-song poet? It means I have embraced the fact that I, I write and rhyme. I'm a lyrical poet. I write okay. song concepts in mind. Um, I started out wanting to be a songwriter, and some of my poems are actually songs. Mm. How can listeners stay in touch, my friend? Uh, follow that bio that, uh, that uh, you have up there, Mike, you know, uh, and that will lead you to my email address. Uh, or you can reach out to me on Facebook and um, All right. talk to me. I don't, I, I don't right. know what God got planned for me next, but uh, if he, when, whatever he tells me, I'll tell you. And actually, that is my next question and final to you. What is in the works for you next? <laughs> Where do you go from I here? Have, only thing I have at this point, man, is continue to support my fellow writers, go TV and where my life, where my um, where my work schedule allows me to come up, see them perform, and do what they do. Um, and and doors have opened for me just because I did that. So mm-hmm. I, I just show up, you know, to honor because the most of the most important man, other than personalities, I respect the work. So I'm going to show up and do that, and continue to go back. And I have to work on my new book. I have to work on Bridge mm-hmm. Over Trouble, Over Aggravated All right. to make it a full-fledged book. All right. I want to thank you for a spell-binding hour. Listeners, do you understand why I call him a quintessential poet? If you didn't know before, you know now. Wow. You there, my friend? I'm here, Mike. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to say anything before we go (laughs) to the listeners? I I, I would be so bold as to say that uh, I await our next next episode. Uh, (laughs) When you and I I were talking and you were saying, man, your fire was so extensive. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a lot, man. I've been writing for over 50 years. So uh, it's hard to, to squeeze everything into one hour set. So uh, mm-hmm. if I get an invite for a part two, brother, I'm gonna bring some. I'm gonna bring some more poem, and I'll probably have Blackberry with me. Well, you're coming back. You're coming back. Maybe sooner than you think. Well, all right, good people. We've reached the end of the program, and as I share every week, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 